0: thank you for tuning in to the magenta maven my co-host nick and i had the opportunity to interview the goddess of life amaya sexton hope you enjoy thank you for listening to the magenta maven I'm here with the Queen of Live, Miss Maya Sexton.
1: Hi, Hi. everyone.
0: <laughs> How are you? And I'm also here with my co-host, Nick. Hello. Where are you from?
1: I'm originally from Indiana, but I live in Ohio now.
0: Indiana is where you grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh What were you like when as a kid?
1: I don't know. I've always been kind of like the oddball out. You know, I was the only boy on an all-female dance squad. You know, just not your typical individual ever. <laughs>
0: Did you have any brothers or sisters when you were growing
1: up? Yeah, I have one brother and he was like on the football team and the wrestling team. So we were like exact opposites.
0: Are y'all still in contact? Do y'all still speak or?
1: Yeah, if he needs money, he'll reach out. (laughs) (laughs) How was
0: your school life?
1: Yeah, I was honestly pretty, um, I don't know, I was pretty blessed. I, people used to ask, I think the biggest thing they always asked if I was wearing lipstick because I've always had really red lips. And I remember one day going on the school bus, they were like, they gave me a nap and was like, wipe your lips off. And then once I saw there was no lipstick, they kind of left me alone since then. I was actually pretty popular because I was the only male dancer and like that person to take the stand when nobody else would. So, you know, school years, I was really, I was very blessed. <clears throat> so I went to Richmond High School and it was called the Richmond Red Devils. And so we were called the Devilettes. But because I was a boy, they called me the devil. <laughs> and um but it was just like you know for like pep rallies and um football games and stuff like that or we would also have showcases where we would put a bunch of numbers together and all perform but I'll never forget they always they always honestly made me feel like an inconvenience or like well we're waiting on you know his costume to get here and I'm like I'll wear what they're wearing and she was like oh no you can't do that but I honestly I had a good time and But it was really hard because, you know, let's say we have 12 blonde girls with blue eyes and they're all doing the same dance moves, you know, they could mess up and you wouldn't be able to tell. But me, you know, I stuck out like a sore thumb. So I always had to make sure I knew my choreography really well. I could never mess up. So it was hard at times. How were
0: your parents during childhood?
1: Well, my mom left when I was very young, probably like three or four. And so my dad had to raise my brother and I and, um... Yeah, I mean, my dad was not really supportive, honestly, at first. He was just like, "You need to be more like your brother. You need to be on the football team." I'm like, "I'm not getting squashed out there." <laughs> you know, I was like, "I've never really been built like that." You know, I've always been like a smaller framed person. So, you know, we did we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. But fast forward now, my dad has been to a lot of my drag shows, and my dad is really accepting now. But he he didn't he just really didn't understand. You know, back in the day.
0: Oh, yeah. that's. Uh, I think that's with everybody's parents, you know, when it uh, before yeah. everything became more liberal, I guess you could say. Um, in yeah. regards to that. Was he fairly strict on you
1: as a child? Oh, very much so. Very traditional and very, you know, this is a phase and, you know, you're going to come out of this. And I was like, OK, honey, well, <laughs> 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 that's what you think.
2: <laughs> you will be as a like, different person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how my mom was. She was like, oh, it, she thought it was a phase. But, you know, of course not but
1: right <laughs> we're still here that's
0: uh, yes what is an interesting thing about you that we wouldn't learn from your friends if they were asked
1: um i really like video games <laughs> i'm like a real big nerd actually my boyfriend and i <clears throat> excuse me we were just playing a video game upstairs and that's why i looked at the clock and was like oh snap <laughs> i gotta get downstairs you know because we love video games and um i don't, yeah a lot of people i don't think they expect that from me yeah, because i I am a bit more glamorous on stage and things like that, but yeah, usually I'm no makeup playing a video game. What's
0: your favorite <laughs> video game?
1: My favorite video game of all time is Halo.
0: That is a very good one. We are actually playing a uh, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, uh, I love you ever that. Play the, oh uh, yes, number five.
1: Yeah, I love that one. I but I'm honestly I I guess I'm old school. I love Vice City or San Andreas, like earlier Grand Theft Auto games. Oh
0: yeah, that, those mm-hmm. are very very yeah. fun. I've been playing uh, video games ever since they started coming out
1: yeah there's nothing like running around and uh sleeping with hookers and then getting your money back
2: but you don't always get all your money back you only get a little bit of it back.
1: hey <laughs> <laughs> you can't have it all
2: <laughs> like they spent the money between the time you got out of the car right. and killed them. <laughs> let's kind of fast forward a little bit to now your career in drag so how did you get started in in the, the entertainment industry
1: uh, so uh, f- some friends of mine in high school, uh, they were like, you got to go to this gay club. And we went to a bunch of clubs, you know, and when I first went to Club Mask in Dayton, Ohio, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I thought it was an episode on a queer queer as folk. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this. So then I saw um, we went a couple of times and then I saw a drag show and I was like, I feel like I can do that. But. You know, I didn't know anything about it. So then I talked to the hostess at the time and she said, Well, we have a talent show coming up. So I was like, Okay, bet I'm going to be there. And my friends put me like in their prom dress and like really cheap stuff. But I went there and I won the talent show and I was like on cloud nine and it was like, Oh my God, you know, I did it. And then they came downstairs and gave me $50. And I was like, Oh, you get paid for this? She was like, Well, (laughs) you know, sometimes. And I said, Oh, I want to make this my full time job. And literally five queens stood in line and told me, This is not a job. This is not fun. This is kind of a hobby and that I personally should never do it again. And so I just remember being 18, like looking at these older queens, like y'all were supposed to help me. Like, what are you talking about? And it just lit such a fire inside my soul. So uh, like that next weekend, I just started doing shows like wherever I could. I would email bars and be like, you know, I would drive two and three hours for free. And then after a couple of months of doing that, some of the bars were like, hey, you know, you've been showing a lot of dedication. Here's twenty five dollars. And then I learned the value of myself and the value of a dollar. And so I was like, you know, what? I'm not driving for free anymore. And I kind of got like a diva and I was like, well, I need $25, darling, before I leave my house. (laughs) You know, They're like, okay, here's 25. You know, the rest of Queens were getting paid like 50 and 75. And then it's literally just been like going up from there. And then I don't want to say I'm like an overnight success, but like, honestly, I, I don't know. Just like one day people were just like, wow, am I like okay, here's 75. And like, we want to, you know, it like opportunities kept happening for me. And um, yeah, that's, I mean, and then we're here. I mean, I've been extremely blessed, honestly.
2: So if you look back at, you know, where, where you started compared to now, what advice do you wish you would have known or that you would give a up and coming entertainer now?
1: <laughs> can we cuss? I don't want to cut. Well, I don't. Okay.
0: It's a podcast that so you can
1: do whatever you want. To. Okay. Don't trust these hoes. <laughs> <laughs> no because like when I first started like I had so many people you know taking me in all types of different directions I was like oh girl you don't need this or you do need this you know what I mean thankfully I have a good you know head on my shoulders where I, I could kind of decipher what I should do but just don't trust a lot of people at first you know what I mean I was so gullible and vulnerable when I first started and I was like okay here you know, they're like, let me do your makeup. I'm like, okay, great. They're like it's $50. I'm like, well, okay. You know, that's what it costs here. You know, when I should have just taken the time to learn and, you know, do it myself. I didn't do my own makeup for almost like a year of my of my career. I always had other people doing it because makeup scared me. And I'm like, you know, I'm never going to learn how to do this stuff. And liquid liner was almost like permanent marker to me. And I was like, so scared to even touch it. And then like, you know, one day I, I messed up. And then I took it off and I tried again. And after about the fifth time, I was like, okay, it's not that hard, you know? So that'd be my biggest is advice is just, you know, stick to your guns and just don't trust everyone.
0: <laughs> what do you spend the most money on as far as drug?
1: Oh, I have, I have an addiction to, um, I'd never like wearing the same thing, honestly. Um, I'm also like I told you, I was a big nerd. So I love Star Wars. And so I remember as a kid, I saw episode one and Queen Amidala was in the episode one. And every scene in that movie, she had something different on. And so that's what I based my career on. It's like every time you see me, I want to have something new on. So I spend an insane amount of money on costumes. I just, I have like, I have stuff that it's so old, it's new again. I'll pull it out and they're like, oh, where'd you get that? And I'm like, oh, eight years ago. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah.
0: everything seems to come back as recycled anyway so i mean it could yeah. be ever how many years and then somebody will be looking for that and that's what they you know they yeah. want.
2: you know i would say from watching your live you don't really do the same look all the time either
1: thank you um, yeah. you always
2: do something different and one thing that you that you say quite often is that you have a look in your head like you know what you're trying to do mm-hmm. where do you draw that inspiration from to just say hey this is what i'm gonna do and have that vision
1: yeah like i mean i don't know just anything i can think of like um i love mermaids i love space i love like science fiction you know what i mean so that's what's so beautiful about doing drag is i'm able to see it in my head and replicate that on my face you know what i mean it's it's uh i don't know it's, it's just something now it doesn't always happen like that there's some days where i'm like i look at all this stuff on the table like well damn what am i going to do today you know what i mean but then there's other days where it's it's easy for me to see it in my head and put it on my face
0: what was like the the main thing that had attracted you to doing the drag
1: well um so i i don't know i've just i've always had this like i don't know if it's called an addiction or not but i love for people to watch me and as weird as that sounds I just, I liked for all eyes to be on me. And so when I was in kindergarten, there was a man, uh, a boy side and a girl side. And the boy side had G.I. Joes, the girl side had, you know, dresses and Barbies. I put a little dress on, I, I had pearls on, heels in a Barbie. And I took my, this is my first day of school. I took my entire class to the auditorium and I started performing for them. And I just remember that feeling of all those eyes on me. And I loved it. But then I also remember my brother going to get my dad and my dad pulled me off stage and spanked me. And, you know, at that time I was like five years old. So I knew what like right and wrong was. And I kept asking my dad, I was like, why are you hitting me? Like, I didn't do anything wrong. And you know, that's when he was like, you're a boy, take all that off. And I'm like, okay, but no, I'm not a boy, but I, you know, I am a boy, but I'm not a boy. You know what I mean? So I just always had this addiction with like people watching me and, and, you know, drag is one of the main outlets to do that, you know, where you can get on these stages and hundreds of people can watch you and um also, you know, just support you and drag is so powerful. You can change people's days. Um, you know, it's just a powerful tool that I'm blessed to have.
0: And I know that you do pageants. what was your favorite pageant to be in?
1: Um, well, it's funny. I do love pageants and the very first pageant that I ever did I won. And so that really just like threw me for a loop because I was just like, Okay, a pageant sure, I'll do it. And then I won. Um, But I've lost a lot. I've won a lot. But my favorite pageant member would probably be um, I went to nationals in Dallas, Texas. And out of like 42 girls, I made the top 12 my first year at nationals. So I was just floored because like, I don't know, I went by myself. And I was just like, like normally at US of A, you have to have like all these dancers and all this stuff. So I was like, girl, I'll go I'll fulfill my obligation. And, you know, but I made top 12. So I was really happy about that.
0: About how many have you won?
1: Yeah, I uh, I have 42 titles, 42 pageant titles, which for a long time there, it was like when I was 22, I had like 22 crowns. And when I was 23, like, but then I, I would do like four or five a year. So it's just kind of kept going up. But I'm 30 now and I have 42 titles. So.
2: so would you say that winning a bar pageant or a local nightclub pageant, that it's just as important or just as fulfilling as winning like a national such as? Gay U.S. of A. or Continental or something like that?
1: Absolutely. You see, one thing I learned a long time ago was longevity in this business. And the reason why I'm able to travel and work like I do is because I have won these bar titles literally, you know, all over. So I'm able to message them and say, you know, I was Miss blah, 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 2016. I'd like a booking, and they'll book me.
2: Interesting. So I know in your lives, you in the past have identified as a trans woman, mm-hmm. just recently um, you started to identify as non-binary. So for somebody listening who may not be as familiar with that, what, what kind of changed or made you you know change how you identify?
1: You know, because I work at so many different clubs and I interact with so many people and I just, I would hear out of the corner of my ear, like, Oh, he's so beautiful. And I'm like, Hey, like, excuse me. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like I found myself getting really upset with people. And then I realized I shouldn't be upset with them. They're just maybe not educated as far as the LGBT community, like period. So um, I was trans for a long time. And, um, you know, I don't regret that. You know, I made some great choices, made some poor choices too. But being non-binary for me is just, I feel so much better. I don't want people to focus on my gender. And, you know, I will see people being like, is that a boy or is that a girl? Or just ask me to my face, you know? And sometimes- I won't wear any um, breast on stage, but I have quite a large derriere. So they'll be like, (laughs) I got a lot. I got a fat ass. Okay. (laughs) I got to tell you. (laughs) But anyway, so I would see people being like, she got all that ass, but ain't got no titties. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, it was just very much like, okay, and, and there's some biological women out there that have the same issue, or they'll have all this titty and no ass, whatever it may be. I just don't want people to focus on that. I want people to come to my shows and just be like, you know, what, I love Amaya. And, you know, they can say, I love him. I love her. I don't personally care. Now, there's a lot of non-binary people out there that would like to identify as they, them, and there. I don't, that's not for me. So I'm a bit more uh, gender fluid as well, as far as, you know, I go with the flow, but I would also like to shout out to the, you know, non-binary people, they, them, and there. I do want, I do want to respect that for sure.
2: So where did the name Amaya come from?
1: Well, uh, my name, my legal name is Adam. And then my favorite singer at the time, <clears throat> a few years ago, was Maya. So I took the A from Adam and then Maya and Amaya. Uh, and I also wanted to have something that I had never heard before. Like I'd heard, I, you know, definitely I heard Maya and stuff like that, but no shade or anything. But I didn't want like a Jessica or like a Sarah or something that, you know, we hear almost every day. So I was like, I wanted something Amaya. Uh,
0: What about the Sexton part? Um, How did you acquire uh, Sexton?
1: So at first I was a Maya J, J J-A-A. And that was a a drag family, the J family. And then I had this stage in my career where I was like, I don't need any drag family. I'm going to be successful on my own. And so I was just a Maya. And then my mother, Hope Sexton, I was going out and supporting her. And then she was like, I want you to be my drag daughter. So, you know, in in the drag world, we have families just like everyone else. And so she kind of adopted me and then that's how I became Amaya Sexton. But then there's also Aurora Sexton, which is a part of a completely different Sexton family. But we were doing a pageant together and I was number 14 and she was number 16. And we kept like looking at each other. And I was like, everyone thinks you're my mom. and <laughs> She was like, everyone thinks you're my daughter. So, you know, we're family as well, but like in a different sense, you know? So that's how the Sexton came about.
2: So kind of talking, um, mainstream drag Mm -hmm. a little bit about rupaul's drag race you know there's some entertainers who feel like it's ruining the scene there's some who think that it's empowering Mm -hmm. um the entertainment what are your thoughts on on drag race
1: well you know what i i think at the end of the day everyone forgets that you can have your opinions about drag race but at the end of the day these are drag queens are on a main you know the main screen television right now i mean drag queens are almost an everyday conversation. And for that, I think we all need to be thankful. I mean, of course, you know, it's absurd. Some of these girls work for 10,000 a show, you know, when there's queens like me you know, scrapping, <laughs> taking from the scraps and trying to, you know, make a living. But you know, what? I, I think, it. you know, everything has good and bad with it. And I think when you just focus of the good on the show, you know, obviously this season, there's a lot of bad <clears throat> cherry pie. But, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think Drag Race is like a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? It's a show I would have loved to be on. And everyone thinks the reason why I'm non-binary now is so I can get on the show uh, because they don't necessarily allow openly trans women. But that's definitely not the case. It it has helped me mentally. And mental health is very important to talk about as well.
2: Have you auditioned for Drag Race before? I
1: have. I have. You know, they they used to do online voting. And I was top three. I think it was like season five. I was like top three, um, but you know, I think Darian Lake beat me out and it's so insane because I met Darian Lake and she literally was like, oh, you're the girl I beat on the online competition. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I hi, how are you? Um, but yeah, I've auditioned every now and again, but no avail.
2: <laughs> so this kind of ties into that with um, social media, because you do a lot of lives. You're you're very active on social media. Mm-hmm. And I know I've watched in the past and seen where somebody comes on, they're trolling or they're being a bully and they're saying negative things. Yeah. How do you handle that? I've, I've seen you handle it on the, on live, but as a person, how do you just say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with that. Like, what is your, your strategy for that? Cause there's a lot of it out
1: there. there is, there definitely is. And I just feel like I, it took me a long time. Like, um, I don't know, after a few trolls would come in, like I used to let them get to me and be like, you know, why are you coming in here? And I would give him th- or give them that. And then I just realized, like, you just can't give them what they're looking for. You know what I mean? That is their job. They are trolls they are going to come in and they're going to try to get you. And you just got to ignore that. And then I also always try to rem- remember, you know, whether it's three viewers or 3000, whatever the number is, just I'm always so thankful that people even care, you know, and that they're they're joining in and taking time out of their day. So that's what I always try to remember and just take a deep breath. I
0: know you recently got a new job. Mm -hmm. outside of drag so and i see you getting on in your car and what do you think about like when you're alone in your car like driving to work
1: well you know what honestly um i've always been really appreciative of having this platform in drag and that was taken away from you know thousands of queens all over and so i When I'm in my car driving to my job, I literally think about how grateful I am that I'm still able to work right now during this pandemic. And so I try to give hope every day, you know, even if it's just saying you're worth it or you're beautiful, you know, there's somebody that's going to watch that, that needed to hear that today. And I know that, and it's such a good feeling that I'm able to, you know, reach those people. Uh, You know, a lot of people watch my stuff and I may not personally know them, but I wanted them to feel like they personally know me. You know what I mean? like just, just that connection to try to make because that's what the world needs right now because we are all going through it with this pandemic, honey.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's getting the jobs cut, especially, you know, the the restaurants, the yeah, all of that. Now, we seen you the other day, you were out serving actually with MJ.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, in drag. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, yeah, that was very, it was very entertaining. I loved it.
1: Yeah, and it's so awesome to see people, you know, of course, everybody needs to eat, but just to see like somebody in person and, and the safety of their car, I was able to, you know, entertain them for a minute and just to see their eyes light up. You know what I mean? It was, it was really, I think it was good for everybody involved.
2: So do you think the, the new normal now with, you know, obviously you've been going live for quite some time now, you usually do your first number, um, with everybody going live now, do you think that will have an impact on in person shows, like, do you think that might be kind of the way that in the future, like that that might be more often?
1: Yeah, um yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I personally said when when everything does restore itself and the clubs reopen, I'm going to continue to do these shows I've been doing in the basement because I didn't realize the amount of people who are bedridden or the people who can't get out or whatever their situation is. This is a personal way to connect, and you know, there are a lot of people going live, and some of them. You can tell they're very new, you know, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a good thing. And I know people are saying, oh, you're going to ruin drag and, you know, stuff like that. But I don't think personally, even when this does get back together and we can go back to bars and stuff like that, I think we're all going to have a hard time adjusting. You know what I mean? Like I made a status the other day and people were like, well, I'm not going out even if they open up the state tomorrow. You know what I mean? You're always going to have those people that are afraid and that's okay. And also, I feel like a lot of people, the bars are probably going to be packed. So I think it's going to benefit everybody.
2: So now we're going to take a few minutes to um, ask you a couple of rapid fire questions, if you will, from um, the game called Answer the Internet. Um, So I'm going to we'll just kind of alternate back and forth. If you could live inside one TV show, what would you live in? That's a Raven. And why is that?
1: Oh, I just love that show. It's just a simpler time and. It was always so funny. I still watch it to this day. Like, I actually just watched it yesterday. Like, it's just a classic show. And I, you know, I've been watching shows lately, and some of them I love, and some of them I'm like, oh, honey, y'all rushed all this together. So I just think it's a classic show. So
0: what three items that can fit in a fanny pack would you choose to bring with you to a desert island?
1: Oh, well, does the, does the does the island have electricity? Oh, no. It's, it's just a, oh. it's a desert. Okay. Kind of like Survivor. Oh. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I guess my phone, but that's gonna die. And then, um, a wig and some heels, and I'll try to entertain the, the crabs or whoever's on the island.
2: <laughs> so, phone, wig, and heels, yep. and that's it. You mm-hmm. just have to be some small heels to fit inside a fanny pack.
1: Oh, fanny pack. My bad. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Yeah, fanny pack. I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I can definitely fit some makeup brushes in there. And I'll stand on my tippy toes. I can get a wig and a fanny pack. Um, yeah, and a w- yeah, in my phone. Okay, so I'll just change from heels to makeup brushes. Sorry.
2: <laughs> so if you had to have a theme song play every time you arrive somewhere, what would that theme song be? <laughs> so as soon as you walk in, the song plays.
1: Crazy in Love by Beyonce. Because <laughs> just that intro. Da, 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 and just, you know, I can just walk in everywhere like, you know, it's my party that would
0: Uh, be it that's nick's lady so he loves beyonce too oh yes he'll be be dancing around here after we get (laughs) (laughs) off. so if your life depended on it what gymnastic event would you bet your life that you could do gymnastic event you could make up something if you want to and it was like yeah um i don't
1: know i'd like doing um mukbangs you know what mukbang is we eat a lot of food I love food. I know I can win that challenge. I can eat the hell out of whatever is in front of me. So in the Olympic race, the mukbang winner is Amaya Sexton. (laughs) So
2: would you rather have the ability to be invisible or have a clone of yourself to go to work when you're hungover?
1: A clone, honey a clone i personally have like double and bo- double and triple booked myself in one day where i literally want to go to both events but i can't a clone would be everything
0: so what is one thing that someone can say that makes you immediately hate them
1: oh wow i don't know i, I try not to hate anyone uh one thing they can say to make me hate them hmm trump <laughs> oh Oh, that is a good one and then conversation's done we're not doing politics you need to leave that's it
2: that would that's definitely one that that would work that way (laughs) Um, if you had to work but you didn't need the money what would you do
1: honestly i would still do drag And people ask me this all the time. And if you have any dream job, you could be the president, astronaut. I would still love to be a drag queen because I get to do what I love. And, you know, I get to be Beyonce, Gaga, you know, Iggy, whoever I want, you know, in one night. And it's it's yeah, it's my passion.
2: So, you know, that's one thing that I've I've noticed watching your lives, too, is that you're able to adapt Mm -hmm. very well. Thank you. From different nightclubs down. I mean, you're in your basement right now. What do you do to make yourself adapt so well? Is there a ritual or something you say, hey, I'm just going to get this done? Or how does that work? What do you do?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I try to just count my blessings. And, you know, I've flown to places where, you know, the night before they're like, oh, we had a thousand people in here. And then I fly to the venue and they're like, well, I don't know what happened. There's six people out there. But I'm still grateful. Like I always say that there's even one person out there that wants to see me do a show or, or come to a drag show. So I like I said, I try to whatever. I'm a very optimistic person. I always have been. And so no matter what the situation is, like there's obviously nothing like being on the stage, but having this platform to do my lives, like right here in my basement, I still try to give you the full fantasy. And I still try to, you know, because there's people out there that don't have this opportunity. So that's why I try to remember. What
0: is like one of your favorite places to visit? Oh well.
1: my gosh. Yeah. I love going, I love performing in Las Vegas. Like it's probably the craziest place because like, uh, we're like all the venues I go to, they'll be like, okay, showtime's two 30, like two 30 in the morning when like everyone else around the world is, you know, we, that's like normal when the party's over. Should I get there around two o'clock at a cocktail and showtime's two 30, but in Vegas, like they're partying all night long. So the party's just getting started there and it's just such a different, feeling. I remember the first time I went to Vegas, I had a margarita and a casino and I was like, let me finish this up. And my friend grabbed me and we walked outside and I was like, Oh, we can't have this. And he was like, Yes, you can. It's Vegas. And then like a couple minutes ago, we're still running down the strip and I bumped into someone and I said, I'm so sorry. And he's like, hey, you're in Vegas. Like you know what I mean? I just feel like it was that place almost like Disney, but the happiest place in the world, but adults. Adults. Exactly. Yeah, adults. <laughs> I <gotta cocktail>. had <laughs>
0: so what is like the best piece of advice that you've ever received
1: um definitely always be yourself i had a couple times when i was i would see someone like on drag race or i would see someone wherever and i would try to be like them and i caught myself like you know not truly being myself and then i just i still take things from like gaga or whoever but i always make it my own and i'm always myself because you know there's a famous quote i think it's maya angelo and it's People will forget what you did and people will forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So I always I live with that every day to make I always want people to feel like, you know what, Amaya is doing her best or Amaya is being genuine. You know what I mean? I don't ever want people to question anything. Well, for anybody who
2: listens to this podcast, where can they find you at social media, your platforms if they want to follow?
1: Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think yeah pretty much on everything the only thing i'm not on right now is tiktok and i'm already on my phone enough so maybe i'll make a tiktok but my roommate literally spends like two hours watching tiktok videos and i'm just like i can't be involved right now
2: that's me right now i was actually watching it as we were trying <laughs> yeah. to get hear it, set
1: up. i was on tiktok so I know, <laughs> yeah you're gonna be here any minute so i said you're gonna
0: have to turn that down so that we can yeah <laughs> listen to her.
1: yeah i'll be uh he's upstairs and i just all i can hear is bye ah! And then it stops in the next one and the music. And I'm just like, I don't know. And I used to be really wrapped in a vine. And then when they got rid of that, I was kind of like, OK, I can get off my phone for a little bit. So but yeah, I'm on everything and it's under Amaya Sexton.
0: So I always like to end my interviews with one question, and it is I'm sure during your life that you experienced some highs and lows. What lesson or lessons do you wish that you have known earlier in your life?
1: You have to take advantage of every single day that comes to you. Don't wait until tomorrow, you know, because tomorrow is not promised. So definitely live every day as if it's your last. I like
0: that. Yes, Very good. Well, thank you very, very much for doing this interview. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for listening to the Magenta Maven. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Magenta Maven, M A V A N. Be on the lookout for more great interviews. You can leave us a message and subscribe at anchor.fm forward slash the Magenta Maven.